welcome to Juicing Bananas, the comedy food podcast dedicated to reviewing meal kit delivery services. We will tackle anything that shows up on our doorstep and wrestle it into a meal. I'm Megan Ortega. And I'm Aubrey Stark. And today we are grappling with the chicken, skillet chicken fajitas from Martha and Marley Spoon. But before we get into that, how are you doing today, Aubrey? Oh, I am waking up still. Yeah, it's early. It's an early morning. We had an early morning, and it's been nice. It's been beautiful. Yeah, it's not like our early morning started because a dog had diarrhea in the middle of the night or anything. No, definitely not. That would have been a bad morning. That would have been a terrible morning. Would have been awful. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... Things are a little different today. Mm Mm-hmm. It's throwing me off a little bit, but I'm fine. I'm a professional. Yes. Professional podcaster, so... I can I tell. Can, I can roll with the punches. The show must go on. The show must go on. So, yeah, we don't have any headphones. We don't have a microphone. We, we don't have we've headphones. Got, we've got nothing. We're You're hearing us across the, the expanses. This is just us live, real time, shouting. <laughs> shouting across the expanse yeah we had batman give us that cool technology where you can hear all the cell phones and we just reversed it right and so we're just we reverse engineered it like douglas adams we took telba we reversed albert and (laughs) no okay i went too too far (laughs) i don't know that reference (laughs) no albert like batman's albert isn't that his name Alfred. Oh God, oh, <laughs> Alfred. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, oh, how embarrassing. Um, no, oh, that made my hand sweaty. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not the first reference we're gonna just totally. But it's like Stephanie Myers no. all over again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Stephanie Myers, the writer of The Hunger Games. Yeah, mm-hmm. my bad world Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah and you know you can stop sending us emails about that because i I think we've heard enough yeah yeah seriously uh and we're sorry you know for for the umpteenth time we're sorry just so so sorry (laughs) um yeah i'm uh i'm trying to adjust to um not staring deeply into my eyes while we record yeah well (laughs) to you know what i'm I'm gonna post a picture of one of our first records that's us in front of the microphone so you can see just how close we are yeah um so look for that on our website Mm -hmm. Or our Patreon page. That's where I do most of the posting. So hmm, when I say right. website, I really just mean the Patreon page. We'll try I, to post it to the show notes too, though. Yeah, I assume that that's where people are going to go. Right. Hopefully, that's where people will go. Yeah. To subscribe. Wink, yeah. wink. And get that extra content. Yeah. I've been spending a lot of time online because, I don't know, I'm trying to do the social media thing and I'm getting back into it. I set up my... Facebook account again and just getting addicted feeling myself getting addicted to it sucks yeah and then like 
it's been a couple hours and I'm like, oh yeah, I should, I need to be doing something. Oh yeah, that's the weird pull of like, of the screen, the screen, yeah, the the addiction catching hold. Do you feel addicted to the social media part of it, like that dopamine release over like getting likes or having that interaction with others, <laughs> or or you know, do you have, or do you just feel addicted to the screen? I I wish that it was a, an addiction to getting likes, but <laughs> I don't get any likes, so. Right. It's probably not that. Hey, some people do get addicted to like uh, denial, right? Or like being. Oh, it's an abusive relationship. Oh, no. It is yeah. an abusive relationship. No. Uh, well, if you're hearing this, go like some of my posts because. And yeah, for <laughs> real. It's garbage. And if you are <laughs> in an abusive relationship, there's help for you. Yeah. Contact your local crisis center. Exactly. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. real. That's, that's real. It's real. Yeah. Um, and if you're addicted to social media, there's help for you too. Yeah, I'm sure they have stuff like the gambling hotlines for, they should have Do something like so? that. Do you think so? They really know. should, especially with like all the online bullying, whatnots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Meg, do you want to play a game? Yes. Let's do something a little bit different this time. Okay. Uh, just so I can get my energy back up a little bit. Okay. Um, this is a game that we play like when we're on a road trip, mm -hmm. especially. It's a great go-to. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an improv game where we... We try to say the same word at the same time. That's the goal. Right. So we're both going to count to three, and we're both going to say a word. We're going to stare deep into each other's eyes. Right. Like, get on the same... Wavelength. Coherence. Yes. And we're going to intuit what the other person is thinking and say the same word. Okay. Um, and then if we don't say the same word... On the next count to three, we're going to try to say the word that is like the Between perfect those two. mesh of those two words. Sure. Like what's, what's in the between The meaning those. of those two words. Yeah. Or yeah. like, yeah, where they meet. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready? Yes. One, One two, two, three. three fire. Fire and toad. Uh-oh. Okay. Fire and toad. One, two, three. Tortoise. No, uh, newt. Mmm. <laughs> you might have lost that no, one. I, no, there but... is no losing. This is improv. <laughs> Nobody loses. <laughs> so, wait. What? I didn't... I stumbled there because I was going to say fire belly newt. Uh-huh. That's a that's a long word. Yeah, but then I freaked out because last time we played, I got in trouble for using the word that was used in the next one. Yeah, you're not supposed to use the same word. I didn't. I said new. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. You did. So now we have you did say new. newt and tortoise? Yes. Okay. Newt and tortoise. We're just going to do the full, like, run through all the reptiles and amphibians? And... I guess so. 
Okay, Newton Tortoise. One, two, two three, three, water. Dragon. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, water was such a bad one. And no, tortoise water and water are one. not. Uh, Tortoises have to drink water, and they're very true. water efficient. Oh, that's, yeah. They're desert creatures. They're the camels of the amphibians. Okay, water and heliodragon. This one should be easy. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't even know what a heliodragon is. It's like a big lizard. Okay. Imagine one. the biggest lizard you can. Wait, are we thinking about the same thing right now? Yep. I hope so. One, one two, two, three, Galapagos. Komodo dragon. We're getting close. Yeah. Galapagos, Galapagos and Komodo Dragon. And Komodo Dragon. Okay, wait, what's the word? Okay, oh got it. Oh yeah. Got it? Okay. One, One two, three, Darwin. 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 Damn it! Damn it! I had two words in my mind, and I thought, those iguanas mm. on the Galapagos, those, they're famous. They are. But you know why the Galapagos is famous? Darwin. Because of Darwin. The canaries. Fucking mm. Darwin. It all comes back to Dar Darwin. It, uh, it, uh, I say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, wow. I really... Okay, let's try it again. Okay, ready? Let's try a new game. I'm game. Wait, a new game or the same one? The same game. The same game. A, a new, fresh one. Yes. Okay. Okay. One, one two, two, three, ears. Ears and autumn. <laughs> Those are a long ways apart. Oh, those are distant. Okay. We're Ready? okay. Ears and autumn. One, One two, two, three. Christmas carols. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I lost. There I never no do that. Losing. I choked. I yeah, choked. I know. It's an improv game. You're not See? supposed to think. You're just supposed. To... I know. I can't. Put it out I there. can't not think. Mm. Because if I don't think, then it'll just be like a new random word every single time. <laughs> oh, and you the, mean how, we, other, how it usually gets played? <laughs> the other person will literally just have to try to guess what I'm going to say. And then that's right. not as improv. Yeah, I have to think about what goes between no, those that's... two and then say it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, right now I, I feel good about lizard and water and that being Galapagos. That felt good to me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and Christmas carols, like that, those were some of the very first times that Christmas I feel carols. like a, autumn and ears. Yeah, that's winter and ears. No, autumn and ears is like it's not spooky winter. Halloween no. song. <laughs> winter starts on like three days before Christmas. Christmas carols happen in the fall. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy, what? Uh, I mean, Christmas, yeah. your sister has been listening to Christmas carols for over a month. Well, she's special. <laughs> she's, she's something. <laughs> Heather, we love you. Um, and you should get out more. Like I said before. What? She and I were texting about Christmas carols. Oh, And I yeah. was like, it's too soon, Heather. Don't yeah, do sure. it. Oh, well, this has been our segment. And also, uh, don't get out more. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I was I gonna say, it. like, don't tell her to get no. out more. It's <laughs> no. dangerous out there. No, everyone's got COVID again. Yeah, the um, COVID and the babies. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't don't take them out there. <laughs> Stay inside. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep my niece and nephew safe. Yeah. Do um. It. Well. Okay. Game free. I feel like it's really quiet in here. Do you know why? 
Yeah, because I locked the dogs up in the car. And you know what that means. It's time for Data Bite of the Week. Oh, Data Bite. I'm, I'm cashing in early. I, data, that's right. Data Bite of the Week is a segment where we discuss the food that we enjoyed the most this week that doesn't involve meal kit delivery services. Mm. So what was your Data Bite of the Week? You ready? Oh, please. I had it twice this week. Oh. I indulged twice. And then I got some to bring home. So I have some here in the house. Shut the front door. It, it, I think it's shut. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so I recently moved Dolly up and she's living so in a listeners, new uh, dolly is the horse dolly's my horse yes and i recently moved her into the area and she's in kind of an area of town that i've never been before and out in the country she's in the country and but it's just outside of town sure and um the last thing before you leave town is this gas station going well right you know this is going to be a good data bite mm. and at this gas station there is a i think it's an envoy a chevy envoy with a trailer behind it and it has all manner of like mexican ice cream and mexican yummies and so it has um, you know how in, I mean, you may not know, but in Mexico on the beaches, they sell um, like bowls of fruit or kebabs of fruit that are like pineapple, mango, papaya that have been rolled in chili powder. Oh, I think that I've had something like that or something similar to that in Thailand. It was like, uh, it was like a melon. Yeah. In like rolled in chili or like dipped in chili powder yeah like in the like plastic bag it's, yeah, yeah something like that totally yeah and so this trailer has all kinds of that they have like ice cream water or like cream water or something it's like white wow it's like ice cream kefir maybe i've never i haven't tried that one but the yeah. these are all like pictures are plastered all over the outside of this trailer and I was about to die the other day of, of hungry and <laughs> I stopped, I pulled in there and I was like, okay, there's food there. I just, I got to And I walked over there and I was very disappointed to see that everything was ice cream. Oh, and as I was walking up, there was a girl walking away with a bag of Tostitos that had been opened the long way. Tostitos? Tostitos chips. Oh. That had been opened the long way. And it was like full of stuff in there. It was like nacho-y fruit stuff that she was eating straight out of the bag. It was very weird. I'm going to have to get that one at some point. Yeah, I can't even picture what you're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, no, me neither. Like, opened the long <laughs> way. <laughs> opened the long way. No, but it's unfathomable. Okay. Yeah. So, this I walked up there and <laughs> I was like, please have food. And I was like, do you have anything that's just like regular food and not ice cream and not popsicles and not milkshakes and not fruit dipped in chili powder and not a bag of chips with fruit on it 
Okay, so the... <laughs> and the guy said... Very easy. Tamales. Hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah, give me some of those tamales. He just dumps a bunch of hot tamales in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have surprised me much because at the open spoonful. window, they have like five gallon buckets of just like Mexican candy that I've never seen before. That's mm-hmm. like all weird colors and totally foreign and different to me and Mm. so anyway uh he gives me two tamales one's pork one's chicken they were so good so good and they come the unsuspecting the the unsuspecting trailer that's at the gas station yeah (laughs) yeah they're the best always they are the best yeah, that was my data bite. Wow, that's a great data bite. Yeah, it was interesting. So then mm. I had them again a couple days later. I've been relying on them to be there. I don't know what hours they're there, but so far they've been there during my dolly visiting hours. Cool. And uh, yeah, I brought a box of uh, frozen tamales home yesterday so that I can have them at home. I got to tell you, I hate tamales. Mm. Yeah, you're lost. I hate tamales because they're just like, it's just cornmeal with like, they're all, there's always just like this tiny little amount of inside, hmm. like pork or chicken, that's just a sousson of taste and flavor. And then other than that, it's like dry and maybe there's no, there's no like sauce. Maybe or, it's because you're coming at the tamale with French food in mind. I'm, I'm coming at it, yeah, with like an American, like a Franco-American bent. It's expecting like... That might be it. Mm, something rich and delectable. Hmm. And tamale is just dry, They're not gritty. dry. And they're not you, why gritty. do you like gritty things? Uh. Cornmeal is gritty. Okay, now you're just trashing on my data bite. Oh, no, I'm not. I, I think that that's a great data bite if you love tamales. Yes, thank you. It was, um, and is, and will continue to be. Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry, listeners. I just... I, I found out that I smacked my lips. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that yesterday on a Zoom call. Oh and I felt bad God, for my listeners. I'm so sorry. It's so annoying. It's the worst. So, no, please don't. <laughs> You're going to get it, like, lodged in my brain again. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Please don't re-listen and look for that. It's terrible. You won't notice it. Um... <laughs> Okay, my data by the week. So, what was it? Maybe like a month ago was crab season Mm. out in the bay here. Yeah. And you got a crabbing license. I did. And you got a collapsible um, cage, crab pot. And you paddleboarded mm-hmm. out into the bay. I did. And drop that crab pot. Out with the boats. You have yeah. to make it all the way out to where the boats are. It was like legit. Actually, yeah. do you still have the time lapse? Um video? I might yeah, I think so. I think I still have okay. the time lapse. I took I've set a time lapse up on the house yeah. of me paddleboarding and so it's like you can see me like you know, paddling out from the beach. Because you can't see the beach from the house. Yeah, but you can it's so cool. See the so, water. <laughs> That's um, funny, I forgot about that. Yeah, let's post that to uh, yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Or send it to me, I'll post it on there. Okay. Um, 
but it was unsuccessful. We didn't get any crab. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, but you brought home uh, a Dungeness crab for us I from did. the store. From Skagit's own. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Skagit's own fish market so down we, on Highway 20. We each had half of a crab. Whatever, it was so good. What, five legs each or whatever. Yeah. And it was so amazing. I love crab. Yeah. It's probably my favorite food. Like, hard stop. Hard stop. It was really good. Pizza? Get out of here. Yeah. Which is amazing. You Just, love pizza. Yeah. Have you ever had crab on your pizza? No. You, you know what I have thing? had, though? Crab Rieno. Oh, that doesn't sound that great. It was amazing. Really? Yeah, there was this um, there was this great place up on Those Capitol Hill in don't Seattle. Seem like they would go together. Uh, called <gasps> Barrio. You took me there. Yes. Oh, whoa! And they didn't have it when we went. I remember because you were like, "I'm gonna get this thing," and then they didn't have whatever it was that you were gonna get. Mm. I don't remember that. Hmm. We ended up getting other stuff that was delicious. Oh. Um, Barrio. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. We should go to Seattle restaurants more when we go down there. Well, we Not can't right anymore, now. but... God. Ugh. Yeah. Maybe I'm like, next year or the year How after. many months are we into this COVID nonsense? Not nonsense. COVID stuff. Thing. Garbage. Seven? <laughs> Seven months? I'm just now missing those kinds of things. I'm just now missing being able to go out to... Yeah. Restaurants that we've never been to and Well they just closed the uh the movie theater in Bellingham. Hasn't it been closed? The Cineplex? No, they like went out of business. What? Like they closed closed. Like Why? they're not gonna open again. This is a question for me because that's this like who do who do they have to pay bills to? And why are those monsters Well, they're probably still... leasing the land from another one percenter, and they're like... Yeah, why is that one percenter still collecting rent on that? Like, because literally everybody money. can just because exist the... for a second. Because just all the billionaires for eight months. need to keep making $700 billion while all of us go broke. Is this all about the billionaires just being monsters? Welcome to America. Um, oh, disgusted. It's pretty gross. Do you want to get into it right after? Because I, this is a great segue. That's been our segment, Data Bite of the Week. Megan, what do you got for us this week? You sound like a sportscaster. I know, so, that was my radio voice. I'm, uh... Now I'm going to use my... My other voice. We're going to be kind of switching gears here. Um, to my, to my segment. Um... One thing that I liked about Marley Spoon uh, that I found on their website is this letter from CEO Julie Marchant, who uh, who sent it to the company following the heartbreaking and unconscionable death of George Floyd, as she puts it. Um, and I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs to just give the context, because she wrote this letter back in June. Um, and here we are, uh, not in June. And um, so I'm going to give a couple, uh, a, just a couple lines of context. And then um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the company in, in this context. And then I had a couple other things to talk about as well. Sounds great. Sound good? Yeah. 
My name is Julie Marchant Houle, and I'm the CEO of Marley Spoon, Martha and Marley Spoon's parrot company in the U.S. I'm writing this note in the wake of the heartbreaking and unconscionable death of George Floyd amidst protests, dialogue, and long overdue change, and with a solemn vow to look closely at myself and the company I work for to see how we can actively aid in dismantling systemic racism in this country. Everyone here at Marley Spoon is reeling from the events in the past two weeks. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, both known and unknown, should still be alive today. I believe, as both a CEO and a private citizen, that businesses have a responsibility to drive positive change. This responsibility requires more than a fleeting commitment. It requires consistent resolve and unwavering dedication to doing the daily work of listening, learning, and taking real action toward eliminating violence and oppression. Here is what Marley Spoon is doing to meet this responsibility. So then the letter uh, goes into three different sections. Uh, and the, the headers of those sections are increased representation, educating ourselves, and making financial donations. And under increased representation, uh, she talks about hiring practices, um, and putting new standards in place, as well as working with Black, Indigenous, and people of color uh, vendors, and <clears throat> working to establish paid internships uh, for Black, Indigenous, and people of color um, in terms of students seeking careers uh, and creating pathways to promotion uh, so, that, so that more of those people can get into mid-level uh, and high-level management positions, because that's one of the problems that they're finding uh, out there in the world is that is that um, a lot of companies are sort of hiring a token at a high level, but mm -hmm. then we're missing um, people uh, in minority groups throughout the mid-level management positions. And so they're working to counteract that. And another problem of tokenization is that you, it, it creates an opportunity where that marginalized person is then put in the position where they it, it's it's a it's it's just a veneer of mm -hmm. um of diversity of diversity yeah. and then their voice isn't then taken with as much seriousness as the other people that they're surrounded by right and they can then be marginalized in that role yeah and so tokenization is yeah it's just well and because bad. it just because you have one person who yeah. may or may not be representative of their larger minority mm -hmm. um that person's voice is still it's still just one person's perspective yeah you have to have all of the people's perspective representation is yeah it, it needs to be actual representation, representation out of proportion mm -hmm. so that was increased representation under educating ourselves um and i really thought that this was powerful uh she says and this is a quote forming listening groups to facilitate meaningful conversations and establishing a diversity council to guide our efforts to completion Additionally, because we believe volunteering is as much about learning as it is about giving, we are empowering our U.S. employees to take three service days per year wherein they can donate their time and talent to organizations focused on racial justice. 
So I thought that was really cool that they're forming listening groups. Um, And I just thought that was really powerful. I know that um, a lot of people are really pushing for um, just more open dialogue in this arena Mm -hmm. and just the ability to talk about it um, more openly. Yeah. So I thought that was great. And then last, under making financial donations, uh, they talk specifically about the contributions that they're making to the Black Lives Lives Matter Global Network. And uh, they're doing employee match donations uh, to the NAACP, ACLU, the Black Lives Matter Global Network, and the Color of Change Education Fund. Um, And she closes this letter saying, as a business, we will make space for unheard voices and necessary dialogue, and we will focus on the deep internal work required to drive meaningful change. We can do better. We must do better. To this, I am wholeheartedly committed. Nice. I'm all about some corporate responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this just sort of follows up wasn't our, didn't we talk about the company culture in the last episode? And I just think that this really, I don't know. I, I think it's just a little, you know, even though it's just a letter and I don't know what their culture is like. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I did try to find out a little bit more about their culture. Um, and I, I chatted on their website with Carlos. Um, and first I chatted with the robot who is just not smart or helpful. And no matter what you type in, it just spews out information in a specific order. That bot was no Carlos. No, that bot was no Carlos. Mm. But Carlos was nice. And um, at first, they also sounded like a robot because they must have a lot of very scripted responses. Ah, Mm. they got the binder on on the ready. For reals. Yeah. So I asked... I I asked if they were a robot, and they said no. (laughs) That's what a robot would say. Probably. But still um, was totally unable to answer my questions. So I asked what the culture was really like, and if there was much diversity, and if they liked their job. And they just directed me to their PR page, Mm -hmm. which I visited, um, and offered me help with any other services. (laughs) So You were like, tap your keyboard twice if this isn't safe right now. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I should have been like, input asterisk (laughs) if you need help. (laughs) So, um, and then I, so that's, that's all I know about their culture. So Mm -hmm. that part's done. But I did want to follow up on a point from last week where we talked about how Martha Stewart was sort of tangentially related to Martha and Marley Spoon. And uh, on the PR page, it says, in June 2016, Marley Spoon partnered with Martha Stewart to launch Martha and Marley Spoon, a meal kit delivery service featuring featuring Martha Stewart's award-winning recipes and smart cooking techniques. So that's, yeah. She's tangentially related. Okay. So, uh, let's see, Marley Spoon started in 2014, I think, is what I told you. And um, Martha Stewart sort of signed on in 2016, and yeah, there you go. One thing I found, um, and I may have mentioned this before, but one thing I found really interesting was that this company is as big in the United States as HelloFresh. 
Wow. Yeah. I would not have known that from their marketing. It must be a lot of, like, word of mouth, maybe? Or just other... Yeah, Yeah, maybe they only advertise in, like, larger cities or more densely populated areas. Or just to a different... That is not us. Yeah. 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 So, one of the things that I wanted to bring up uh, that I love about Martha and Marley is that they will send you multiple portions of the same dish. It's a great benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to entertain that week, or if you have a dish that you just positively love and you want to eat it for several meals or whatever the case may be, you can add the skillet chicken fajitas twice and receive double portions of that meal. Mm -hmm. Or you can add it three times and receive six portions of that meal. And that to me is just, it's such a small thing, but it doesn't seem like it would add any effort on their part. Mm -hmm. And it just gives like such a higher level of customization. Yeah. And yeah, if you have a safe Corona bubble, yeah, you can actually have a dinner party with these amazing meal kits. Completely. And yeah, have a lot of the planning and things that go into entertaining well, already covered. You can and that's take, like the hardest part. You can take the trip the to the store completely out of the entertaining. Yeah. In this case. It's great. Yeah. It's great. So focus on ambiance, everyone. Right. right. I thought that that was really spectacular. So, um, I'm not done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stop getting ready. And, um, so a couple weeks ago, we did a little deep dive on parsley. Loved it. And this week it is cilantro's turn. Oh, cilantro. So, um... Here in the U.S., what we know as cilantro, and I have occasionally heard it called Chinese parsley, um, but in the U.K., both the leaves and the seeds of this plant are called coriander, which oh. just seems confusing to me. Because Wait, I thought... Oh. Coriander is the seed of cilantro. Fascinating. <clears throat> yep. I am not a foodie. That yeah. is cool. Yeah, so the plant grows as cilantro, and then when it goes to flower, it it produces coriander. But in the UK, the plant grows into coriander and then produces coriander. Huh. So um, in some places, I also learned that they call it Danya. D-H-A-N-I-A. Danya. Okay. So this plant is an annual, and it regrows from seed each year. It's in the same family as parsley, but it's not as hardy. Uh, Parsley is a perennial, and once it establishes, you basically, like, it will last forever. It's very hardy. Okay. There's no myth around the blood of children? Will you be patient? Mm. But parsley, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) parsley really gets its hardiness from the death and suffering mm. that that is the integral integral to its <laughs> to its history. So of course we all know someone who hates cilantro because it tastes like soap. And I found the final word on that. 
Wikipedia says about a quarter of people surveyed say the leaves taste like dish soap. And this has been linked to a gene which causes people to taste dish soap. Sounds right. They sample it as they're going down the aisle, tasting to see which is best. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Wikipedia actually says uh, it's linked to a gene which detects some specific aldehydes that are also used as odorant substance substances in many soaps and detergents. And so these aldehydes uh, are present in cilantro, but some of us can't taste them and others can. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that all the people who do taste soap mm -hmm. in cilantro, are they super tasters? Who knows? I mean, they're super soap tasters. They're super cilantro tasters. Seriously, super cilantro. I mean, technically, I guess they are tasting more of the cilantro. Yeah. Cool. Wow, I would be so sad if cilantro tastes like soap. Well, you wouldn't know that you should be sad. Oh, I would be so sad. Because you would have never experienced non-soaped cilantro. Because it would be in my genetics. Which does give me some happiness that it can't change. It's not going to change for me and that I'm going to suddenly mm. taste soap. Because I was worried about that as They're a kid. making some serious advances in gene therapy. You could, and you dish know, soap. inquire with CRISPR. No, I don't want to taste soap. <laughs> so when I was a kid and I heard that tasting soap with cilantro was genetically related, I was worried that when I grew up and got older that I would grow mm, into it. Because your taste change. It's mm -hmm. the Heraclitus mom, principle. My mom tastes soap. She doesn't like cilantro because she tastes soap. Oh. Cindy, maybe you made it sisters. into this episode. Congratulations. Oh, no, I was going to leave her out of this one. Dang it, I'm so sorry, Mom. Seven episodes in a Seven row. Seven episodes in a row. <laughs> I can't not talk about my mom. I didn't know how much of a mama's girl I was. Mm. Now you know. Sorry. I mean, Anne, I'm glad. Okay, so the thegourmetsleuth.com says people of European descent find the scent of coriander repulsive. And it hasn't gained any popularity in Europe. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Wait. Okay. Cilantro is not a popular garnish food in Europe. Well, aren't we European descendants? I mean, partially, but I have a lot of Spanish and partially? Mexican. Partially? Partially. Partially. <laughs> partially. Good one. Partially. Uh. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. But in places such as Mexico, Peru, and the western and southwestern United States, it's, like, taken off. Like, you know, we love it out here. And apparently the Egyptians loved it because it's been found in old tombs and all that stuff, too. Hmm. Um, in quantities that show that it was being cultivated. Like, not just being foraged, but actually being cultivated. Okay. So, um... And it's about time <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it be cultivated. Uh, okay, so anyway, um, cilantro does not have a clear origin because the plant grows wild over large portions of Western Asia and Southern Europe, um, but they don't know where the origin of this plant is. Um, it, you know, even among 
you know, here in the Northwest, uh, it will volunteer in the garden and stuff like that. It's, it's able to grow in many different places. Um, and while cilantro did not spring from the blood of children devoured by serpents on the hillsides of Greece, it does have a long established history in Greece and was used as both a spice and an herb. But not an herbivore. <laughs> herbivore? So the archaeological records show that it was cultivated uh, in both Greece and Egypt. And in more recent history, coriander was listed in the original list of ingredients for the secret formula for Coca-Cola. Oh. Is it one of the Dr. Pepper flavors, too? I have no idea. Hmm. Not according to Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> so the roots are also edible. So remember parsley had edible roots and that there was some variety that is grown for its roots, roots and I really want to try them. So in cilantro, the roots are edible. I want to try them. And Wikipedia says they have a more intense flavor. So I'm wow. here for it. Yeah. And all you dish soap connoisseurs should probably stay away from the roots. It, so what's the difference between a herb and a, spice. a spice? So an herb is used as the like leafy greens of the plant. Okay. And the spice is... Like usually like seeds that have been ground up. Oh. So like coriander are these like dry seed heads that you grind them up into coriander and then you use it as a spice. Whereas the cilantro is the fresh greens mm -hmm. that you add to the dish that adds a spice and a flavor, but it's used as an herb. Okay. It's just the way that it's used. And I... I'm not 100% sure about this, but like in our spice cabinet right now, we have dried basil and dried thyme and rosemary, and those are all herbs that have been dried. Mm -hmm. And so I would still think that they're called like dry herbs, but they're used then sort of as a spice. Sure. I think it's kind of the same issue with like avocados and tomatoes are both fruits, but they're eaten as vegetables. And like they fill yeah. the role. Well, tomatoes are. Fruits. So are avocados. Uh, are They're... eaten as fruit, or as eaten as vegetables, but avocado seems like it's more eaten as a fruit. Really? I don't know. Kind of, yeah. Even though you put it in salsa and make guacamole out of it? And yeah, that's you put what mangoes you with... in salsa. And... Yeah, sure, I guess. You put... See, this is the battle. This is where people always like go off the rails in terms of the fruits and vegetables. Mm. But it's well... just how you use them in your cooking. It's the fruit of the plant. So, um, the Gourmet Sleuth also mentions that cilantro was used in love potions in China and was believed to provide immortality, and that its history as an aphrodisiac dates back more than a thousand years. <laughs> so, we should sprinkle cilantro on those chocolate-covered strawberries? Yeah, and, and put it in our champagne. Champagne, yeah. <laughs> yes. <Ew. laughs> hmm. And do... I think I've even seen, like, a cilantro candle. There's no accounting for taste. Yeah. It's going to be great. So one more little thing, because I didn't want you to go oh, away. that means that when we have tacos, right? <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Sorry. And one more thing, because I didn't want you to go away sad that there was no fantastical story linked to cilantro. Oh. On Goodreads, I found a book called I, Coriander, by Sally Gardner, in which coriander, 
a little girl tragically suffers the loss of her mother and father, finding she has magical powers from her fairy princess mother. But wait, she's locked in a chest at the hands of her ignoble and unholy stepmother. And as her desire to persist gives away to despair, she finds a light brings her the allure of new promise. And that was all, none of that was a quote. That was all me working synonyms in for what was said. Working cinnamon in? Cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to spice cilantro and... uh... And coriander? Yeah. Oh! (laughs) I have one more anecdote about coriander. Please. Oh, when, (laughs) when my sister was uh, it's boring you even (laughs) no when my sister was um i think that she had just had my niece and i was at her house and i was cooking and i feel like i was doing kind of a lot of cooking um just to make sure that like you know the family was being fed and there was a new baby and nobody was sleeping and all that so i was just trying to help out and so i was at her house and i was doing all this cooking and um she always has had like weird things going on with like her salt. She has multiple types of salt and they're all in like open salt pig containers. And then she usually has like multiple types of Why is that weird? I mean, I guess we have that now, but not everybody has that. Lots of people just still have salt shakers and that's normal. Okay. So she has that and then Um, she had this pepper grinder that was there with the salt and then like her butter dish and that kind of stuff. So I'm cooking and I'm using all this stuff and like, it just was never coming out quite right. Like just the way that I thought it was going to, and like I would make eggs and I would grind, grind, grind and get that pepper on there and come to find out that after many, many meals and lots and lots of pepper grinding, there was coriander in the pepper grinder. And I was grinding coriander onto our eggs and into our stews and all of those things. And so they never had that like nice pepper hit because it was coriander. What does coriander taste like? It's good. It's fine. Does it taste like cilantro? No. It has a completely different flavor. Oh. I should have brought some here for you to sample. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't though, so. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay, and that is my segment. I'm done. Thank you. It's about time. (laughs) You're funny. I'm just going to keep saying that one time. (laughs) It never gets old. Um, So. Well, yeah, that was a deep dive. Thank you. uh We, um, wait, are we doing... Spicy fish tacos or fajitas? No, we're doing skillet chicken fajitas. Oh, well, I'm going to put that away then. We already did spicy fish tacos. We did, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Well, let me read a description of the meal that we're um, going deep dive into today. The skillet chicken fajitas with onion, pepper, and sour cream. Uh, This dish is going to take approximately 20 to 30 minutes to cook. We did two servings, and Martha Marley Spoon say, fajitas are the ultimate choice. You're, uh, oh boy. No, nope. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I, I gotta try that again. 
Martha and Marley Spoon say, fajitas are the ultimate choose-your-own-adventure meal. Sautéed peppers and red onions and pan-roasted chicken breasts are served with lime wedges, sour cream, fresh cilantro, and cheese begging to be mixed, matched, and loaded onto warm flour tortillas. And the best part? This customizable dinner makes it picky eater proof. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose all tacos are picky eater proof in that regard, but... If you make them yourself. Sure. And um, are they? I don't know. Mm, yeah. I've definitely see, seen children, like, eat a tortilla and reject the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Um, so, so, definitely, we were real happy to see the lime in this package. Oh, thank goodness. And what is it? Is this the third taco meal that we've done? It might be. Yeah. And we like them. Three out of seven. We're going to change our podcast to Talking Tacos. Talking Tacos. Talking Tacos. Duh. Fart and parsley and sipping cilantro. Mm. Um, so welcome to Taco Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Ta- I, get a, I, get a, I get a question for you. Yes. Where do you sit on hard shells? When it comes to tacos, excuse these... me. <laughs> that was an inward. You know, that was an outward going. That was weird. Anyway, whatever. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, hard taco shells. Okay, I have a couple things to say about this. Okay. This meal. Okay, three things, I guess, because this meal did not have hard taco shells. No, this was tortillas mm-hmm. that were pan seared and good. The second thing is that hard shell tacos occasionally save my tail because they are one of the only like gluten-free items that I can have at fast food restaurants. Yeah. And the third thing is I don't think I've ever had hard shell tacos at home nor would I want to put myself or my family through the traumas associated with having those taco shells break in your hands while you're eating because i think they just haven't they just haven't nailed how to do that you haven't nailed how to (laughs) successfully eat a hard shell you used to eat hard shells with your with your dad right yeah well growing up we never had tortillas like tortilla shells we only ever had hard shells i ate so many tortilla shells growing up and i remember like like coming into my teenage years Mm -hmm. and discovering tortilla shells and being like this is amazing like god you remember weird that's so late in life it was and you know I would have thought that I'd like hard taco shells more mm-hmm. because they're like a chip. Yeah, which is which makes them a nacho pocket, right? And so, well, like, why are they so disappointing then? I don't know. I think that it's because 
Like a nacho pocket. Yeah, you're not getting like, nacho pocket. Nacho pocket. Uh, Get your hand out of there. That's nacho pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Unconsensual. <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes the t-shirt design really awkward. Nacho pocket. Nacho pocket. With just two arrows going down at the pockets. Listeners, please design us some uh, great yeah. shirts. Nacho pocket. Uh, you could go any number of directions to that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Submit your responses to juicingbananas at gmail.com. Um, yeah, let's go viral with nacho pocket. Yeah. Let's. I love it. Um. The other thing I was going to say about tacos, yeah, I thought about this while we were eating. I love the moment when you're eating tacos together with someone and you've got like a big overfilled tortilla mm. and it's folded, you know? Yeah. And you go to take a bite and you kind of like tilt your head and you do like the head Oh, cock. you have to do the head, to- head cock. And... But you do that at the same time as someone else and you, like, make eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) We need to figure out, like, a name for Uh, what that's called. When I do the head tilt taco eat position, yeah, I I think I always turn my head to the right. Oh, yeah, me too. So you could, the other thing that could potentially happen is if you have a whole line of people just, like, all facing the same direction eating tacos like down a hole i just like down a long table oh my gosh like a bar we gotta go to like yeah we should go to like a a a restaurant where black sheep oh yeah and just snap some pictures of people doing the head tilt heck yeah some covert photos yeah the taco tilt we'll have to take our button cameras the what Button? We don't have those. I just what's a button camera? Like you know how like the super secret people have little cameras um, that are on your button. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what super secret people do. You know? <laughs> I don't. I just they were talking about it on a podcast I was listening to recently. Oh. Oh. It sounds like a good podcast. It is probably much better than this one. <laughs> no, it's not much better, but it is good. Um. Well, let's get into what you thought about this dish. Yeah, I'm trying to think. This dish was surprising to me um, because it had a lot of the elements that I would have thought would have been in the fish tacos that we did, such as the lime and that additional cilantro for sprinkling on top. But I'm not used to having lime and cilantro in fajitas like that. I'm more used to having that like restaurant style with the beans and rice and then having some salsa there as well as like a dollop of guacamole and sour cream. Yeah, that's a very Americanized. Very standard. Yeah. And so I was not used to having the lime in the fajitas, but not in the fish tacos. And so that took me a little off guard, but it was pleasant. I liked having the lime on the fajitas and the cilantro was good. Um, Or cheese. Cheese. Cheese is not a super common fajita innard. It is in American. Is it? 
Yeah, I'm isn't not it? used to having cheese in no, my fajitas. No, I guess it's not. Like, yeah, in Mexican restaurants, it's like on the refried beans. Yeah, but and that's so it. so you could like take that and put that into your right. fajita, which I do. Okay, question. Which is amazing, but. When was the last time you had fajitas from a Mexican restaurant? It must have been pre-COVID. When? Uh... Taco Tuesday? I don't know. Like what do you last winter sometime? It, yeah, last winter. That's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um we ended up with some leftover veggies from this meal, which I particularly liked because mm-hmm. I enjoyed them the next morning with my eggs. Yeah, that was nice. I I love having just a little extra mm-hmm. for later. Mm-hmm. It's such a great um, this meal had a good portion, mm-hmm. very good portion. Yeah, I yeah. thought that that was good. Um, you, they have you marinate the chicken with the taco seasoning and a tablespoon of oil, um, mm-hmm. and then they don't have you season the vegetables at all. Which that's a little different, isn't that? I yeah. thought. I mean, I thought that usually the vegetables get some seasoning too, but in this case, the chicken is the only thing with the seasoning on it. Okay. Um, and it was fine. It was good. And also our vegetables came out really nicely with like some nice black parts mm-hmm. on them, just how they should be for fajitas. Yeah. Um, I think this dish really, it really cooked up nicely. It did. It was, it came together really well. It was simple. It didn't mm-hmm. dirty a lot. It, it was easy clean up. And that's, yeah, that's definitely something that I enjoyed from this. And yeah, this is really a meal that I can see us cooking on. Like, yeah. this is something we would have cooked before. Sure. And it was very good. It was, it was, um, they improved what we would have done on our own, I think. Yeah. yeah. And again, just like the fish tacos, I, I love how Marley Spoon um, has the tortillas cooked. They yeah, right. Charred. Yes, they, on one side only. They're charred. I I like to do both sides. Mm-hmm. That's my own thing. But like, just how soft they remain, and yeah. just the trick of putting them in the aluminum foil. Yep, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. in the final outcome. So what you do is you char the tortilla in a really hot skillet, dry, really hot, dry skillet, mm-hmm. and then immediately put them into this like little foil tent. Yeah, you know, to and just like char- sit, and that, and then they kind of steam themselves. Yes, it's good. And they end up softer. Mm-hmm. The char only takes like 30, 45 seconds. Yeah. It's you're just really achieving simple. that like nice dark brown on one side. Yeah, it's great. Spots. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah this this meal it was is it's really simple. Mm-hmm. And it was simple because of that. There's not really a whole lot to dive into in terms of uh, that itself, but. That said, like, let's kind of push through and go to the final review, if you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. You review first. Okay. Um, As much as I 
like really enjoyed it. Like this was kind of a tough one for me to rate because mm-hmm. it's that sweet spot of it. It what definitely wasn't bad, right? But it wasn't like phenomenal either, right? Um, it and to say that it's middle of the road is too harsh. Like it's definitely. It was a good meal. Yeah, it's it's better than a like a cookie cutter template home delivery kit meal mm-hmm. in which you just get like you know that the normal right side of chicken, sauce, rice, vegetable. Right. It it was and that's why we like the tacos so much. It's right. cuz you can't really lose. Right. Like um the onion and pepper were a good ratio. Yeah. Uh, they didn't forget the lime in these tacos. Thank you, Marley Spoon. Get those. Get that in the fish tacos. Um, it's versatile, like mm-hmm. they say. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely customizable. Yeah, but it's gonna please a lot more people because of that customized customization. And I think that this is probably one of the meals where you can leave something out. Maybe no, but no. Uh, I mean, even this, this isn't is, a meal that you can leave anything out because I wouldn't want to leave anything. If out. If you left any of these like five ingredients out, you'd be missing something, right? Well, I mean, unless and I it's would say, uh, like, soap in, cilantro. In in terms of customizing it, if you left out the cilantro or the cheese or the lime, you wouldn't be missing out in a large way on the overall meal. It didn't mm-hmm. have an ingredient that changed the course of the meal. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I never say no to a taco. Mm-hmm. This is no exception. Uh, the chicken fajitas. I Are we ready for a rating? Ready. I give this uh, four and a half burners. Really? This is high. Wait, you just that was different than what I was expecting. Like it's not phenomenal. It's it's it it can't it it doesn't have enough of like uh excitement to mm-hmm. be a five. No. But it's just so solid and it goes to the heart of what a meal really? kit delivery service is Should there be. for. Yeah. It's a right. simple meal that's really satisfying. That is just a great go-to. Appreciate it's that. It's awesome to have in the fridge. Yeah. And something that I, yeah, that I would go to in the future. Completely. So, bravo, Marley. Wow. Uh, Four and a half stars. That's the highest yeah. I think you've ever given a... Taco? No, just a meal. No, I've, I've given some four and a halfs before. Really? Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Listeners, let's start a Wikipedia page. Let's get this stuff locked down yeah we gotta record these review ratings yeah we are recording them right now oh i mean (laughs) (laughs) so for my review on this meal i agree with a lot of your points that it's a solid meal it's not it's i i don't think that it is it's not like above and beyond I don't think that it, like, really, it didn't add any, like, new and, like, ingenious flavors. It didn't inspire. It was not inspiring. Good call. Good Mm -hmm. word. It was just 
it was like the the super solid foundation of fajitas with some excellent toppings. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things. Oh, I always end up getting into the next segment during my review. I'm going to just give it a review and then we'll go into the next segment. Sounds great. I give this meal 3.5 burners. Okay. I I, I, I liked it. It, I it understand. was solid. It was a good meal. Um, but 3.5 for me, you know, anything above three is like a desirable meal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but... It's got to be four and above in order to be, like, a craveable meal. Yeah, okay. I okay. Well, it, now that we've uh, established three and a half burners for Megan, four and a half for myself, it's time for our other segment. What What? would you do? What would you do? I know the song. Megan, what would you do differently? I would add some spice. Yes. I, um, you know, and it's funny because you and I are not spicy eaters. We. (laughs) You wouldn't know that from listening to this podcast. No, I know. Because almost every meal we're like, show me the spice. I know. I know. So I, I wonder about that. I wonder if there's just like a setting we could change or something. (laughs) <laughs> on when we're ordering yeah like because the literally they setting. do they do ask like do you do you avoid any foods or anything like that and oh. i haven't put that i avoid any but mm. anyway so i would add a little bit of spice and i don't know where i would add it probably to the chicken um mm-hmm. but i want it to have a little bit of heat and i want it to have some garlic and it does not have either of those things Garlic would be a nice addition. Um, yeah, I like that. I, I would also, mm, I would love some avocado in there in the form of guac ooh. or or just sliced avocado. I okay. love avocado in my fajitas. You know what? Oh, can I, I get? Can I do my? Do it. What would I do? What would you do? So this. Hearing your what would you do mm-hmm. makes me want to change my rating. I don't have any problem with that. Because I, th- I think that there are two things that would really boost this meal. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the garlic. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or like some sort of like not spice but like, like a... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something to like really give it a little more like depth of flavor. Yeah, depth. It might have just been like some more umami. Like so just it needed that. What I was thinking is salsa. Yeah. So salsa. See, so there's so many a things. Salsa or and a guac would just pow. Yeah. This this fajita would punch you in the face. Yeah. And you know, salsa with some jalapeno mm, and a jalapeno. nice and a nice guac would really have set these fajitas apart. Yeah, and it would have. So if those two, like you know, if each one of those is half a point, these really kind of top out at four four burners. So 
amendment just like amendment. my usual i always amend and no you don't the, do you i do it a lot really oh yeah, i didn't realize i that. think so i don't know this so four burners for me four burners get three some, and a half burners for me get some guac get some spice salsa get some, some jalapeno some and garlic yeah we're there's talking there's just we're so talking many five. ways to go with with fajitas mm-hmm. and i do think that like let's say but that's the that thing if is that... you were in the kitchen with these guys creating this meal and you have I like you can't send all the options. Yeah. I mean you can, but you have to boost the price. At some point you can't send yeah. every single option. You can't send everybody a jalapeno and tomatoes, an avocado and tomatoes and to onion, make a fresh salsa and all and that stuff. And so and, yeah. if the if you were faced with this choice and you had all of the options laid out in front of you, considering which ones travel through the mail best, which mm-hmm. ones pack the best flavor punch, I do think they did a good job. So I, yes, that into consideration, I completely understand why they chose the things that they did, yep. and I approve of those choices. Totally. And, uh, yeah. It still could have been better. That's why it's a tough call. They could have sent a bag of salsa for me to pour all over the counter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah the you know the other thing that I think could have been interesting in this meal hmm. mushrooms <laughs> the mushrooms is also a thing that comes up very often in our what would we do really well but because tacos and risotto oh that's comprise, right we did talk about like 80 percent of what of we've our, covered so far and both we'll of stop them doing are like that. very mushroom yeah that's true. um am- amenable yes i mean what meal isn't mushroom amenable mm. oh my god it's chanterelle season right now yeah in the northwest i am hoping to do some hunting yeah today would actually be a good day for oh, today it would be been such a good day foggy and like It'd be a nice day to go wander around in the woods. Yeah. Foggy days are a nice day to like get under the tree canopy and mm-hmm. feel the drippy wetness and march yep. around in the moss. So, I mean... Hey, I think that's it. Yeah, we've covered covered rating, we've covered cilantro, the soap, the what would we do, data bites. The BLM from Marley Spoon. Um... And that means that was another episode of Juicing Bananas. We love you guys. If you want to be featured or do a shout out to someone else to be featured, please go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash jbpod. You can go interact with us on Instagram at Juicing Bananas. We don't have a whole lot on there right now and we just need... Oh, we need to do some more posting. Yeah, we need some we more will. postings. We need some more interaction from you guys. Um also, email us at juicingbananas at gmail.com. Send us your uh, T-shirt submissions, right. some nacho pockets. Nacho pockets. Uh, oh, and um, the drawing is still going on for Patreon. So become a Patreon subscriber at any level and uh, be entered into our drawing. Yep. Um, as soon as we get five or more Patreon subscribers, we're going to do that drawing. So please... Join in the fun. Um, you can go to our website, jbpod.com, uh, for additional resources or other information. Links, and, photos, resources, or uh, yeah. references for this episode. And we love you all. Stay safe. Gotta split.
बाय